Loving God, continue that work of grace, renewal, healing, refreshing in us beyond this moment, we pray. Amen. Grab a seat. Quick shout out to Ian and Les and Marilyn, who I know are watching us online this morning. We're continuing our series, Secrets from the Mountain. And I'm just so glad that we don't have to be up on a freezing cold mountain in a blizzard with ice everywhere to think about these things. We can do it from the comfort of being here at Hope Valley on site or wherever you're watching online. You know, when people are climbing mountains like Mount Everest, they always do it as a team. Many people, at least of my generation, a bit younger and older, would know the name Edmund Hillary. Maybe not quite as many, but many others would also know, know the name of Tenzing Norgay, the Sherpa guide. Together, they were the first two people ever to stand on the top of Mount Everest. But there is a whole lot of other people we don't know their names. There was a whole expeditionary force, team, that helped them get there and we've never heard of their names. And when Edmund Hillary and Tenzing Norgay reached the summit, not only did they celebrate, this whole team celebrated. Some of those were down lower on the mountain, others were back in the four corners of the British Empire who had put this expedition together to reach the summit of Mount Everest before anyone else. And they all celebrated together because the whole team got those two people to the top. Now, you are the only person who can live your life. No one else can live it for you. But just like mountain climbers, you need a team to be able to do life well, to do it with success, to be fruitful and faithful throughout your life. God did not design us to do life solo. We are always... We are always better together. You know, even God exists as a team. We talk about God as the Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And in the beginning of the Bible, when it talks about creation and as it got to the point of God creating humanity, God says, let us make mankind in our image. And then that great work of God's grace and salvation to reconcile us back to himself, to overcome our sin for us. The Son left heaven and became Jesus Christ, limited in time and space here on earth as one of us. The Father in heaven guided him and the Holy Spirit empowered him in his human body as he did the things that he needed to do for our salvation. It was a team effort. And if God needs a team, how much more do we, his creatures? You know, we need people in our life who can help us, people who can train us and guide us, people who can mentor us, people who can pick us up when we fall down, heal us when we get sick, even discipline us. We need people as friends, people we can hang out with. We not only need people for tasks in our life, but we need people who can grieve the losses with us, people who can celebrate the victories with us. 
Have you ever tried to celebrate your birthday on your own? You know, there's a story of a pastor some years ago and he was a, a bit of a golfer and he wasn't preaching that Sunday and he was kind of a bit browned off with life and said he called in sick. I won't be there, I'm sick today. But in, instead of staying home, he went and played golf on his own. And as he's playing, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit in heaven kind of looking down watching him and he gets to this short par four and as he tees off, he just feels the wind of the Spirit kind of whoosh, this perfect shot goes further than he ever hit it before, lobs on the green, bounces a couple of times and into the hole, hole in one. And the son's there and turns to the father and says, Father, how come you've let him get a hole in one when he should be at church with his flock? And the father, with a glint in his eye, leans over to the son and says, who's he going to tell? We need people in our lives for a whole range of reasons. And the wisdom of God in this is explained just so poetically and wonderfully in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 from verse 9. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labour. If either of them falls down, one can help the other one up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Maybe you've been in a situation like that at one time. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Now, you might say, well, I'm doing okay, got a good job, I'm healthy, the family's well, the kid's doing well, everything's hunky-dory, why do I need others to help me do life? Well, just pause and think about it from the perspective of being a parent and raising children. Over the years, you're going to need doctors and health professionals, you're going to need educators, you're going to need sports coaches, You're going to need extended family, other adults and other kids to socialise with and support you in in various ways. You're going to need people who manufacture push bikes and skateboards and other people who sell them, people who grow food and other people who sell them so that you can feed your kids and the list goes on. Throughout life there is a whole range of people that from time to time or in ongoing ways we need to be part of our life team. Everybody needs a team to do life well, to be fruitful and faithful. And as a Christian, I would add, we need a church team with us. Paul put it this way, using the example of the human body as a metaphor. God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. This is something that God has done by his design, by his purpose. He's deliberate about it for our sake. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think less honourable, we treat with special honour. So that there should be no division in the body, 
but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. God has placed people in this world for your sake. And God has placed you in this world for the sake of others, to be on their team. Now, you may be like many people who say, who am I? Have you ever said or thought that? Who am I? Who am I that others should be concerned for me? Who am I to think that I have something to offer of benefit to another? Many people kind of see themselves that way. But I think this is a wonderful little saying to remember. The power of a waterfall is nothing but a lot of drips working together. You may not think much of yourself, but a lot of people who may not think much of themselves working together can achieve wonderful things. Now, as we drill into this a bit further, and I want to make a kind of few key points, I want to focus on your role as a team player. Now, some teams will be given to you. You won't have to think about it. Your family. The team, if you've got a job that is you become part of at your workplace. There might be teams you get invited into by others. A new friendship circle, a discussion on Facebook, at Hope Valley, a ministry team or a community group. But there are going to be a lot of people you need in your life that you will need to take initiative and responsibility for to invite into your life. Initiative is vital on your part. Mary and I have had the same GP now for over 20 years, Dr Doug Graham at the Whites Road Medical Centre. When we first moved back to Adelaide, uh, we asked some friends, do you know of a good GP and, and someone who uh, is sympathetic at least to a Christian worldview? And Dr Graham was suggested to us. And we've been going there ever since. Every time we need uh, some medical help in some way, we choose to go to him. It's not the other way around. He doesn't choose us to see him. We choose him because he can part, play a part in our life. For you, it might be seeking some other kind of professional advice, choosing your future spouse if you're single or the right friends that are healthy for you, asking someone to be a mentor or, on the other side, offering to be a mentor to someone else, joining a men's shed or some other support group, asking to join a community group for that deeper fellowship and connection as part of the church. Conversely, you sometimes may need to take responsibility for moving on from some people in your life because they are now no longer healthy for you. They've become toxic or dangerous to you in some way. Or simply you have outgrown the role that they play in your life. It's not that they're a bad person. You just don't need them anymore. If you were taking your children at some point to a paediatric doctor as they were growing up, 
You wouldn't be saying to them when they're 25, keep going to the paediatrician. That person may be one of the most wonderful people in the world, but they're not the person for you when you're an adult. Your personal growth, your fruitfulness in life will be dependent on your ability to draw the right people at the right time into your life. To do that, you're going to need to be self-aware. To be aware of your strengths and your limitations, of the needs that you will have that are beyond yourself from time to time. Pat Williams, who wrote the book Secrets from the Mountain, lives in Florida where the world is flat and the mountains are just an idea, as he put it. But he wanted to climb Mount Rainier, a very tall snow-covered mountain in America. So he enlisted into his life an experienced mountaineer who was also a great trainer and coach and guide so that he and others could climb this mountain eventually. You know, in your life it might be that you're good at day-to-day finances but you have no idea about how to plan financially for retirement. You may have gone through life fairly well, but now you've hit burnout and you have no idea how to get yourself back up again. Or you've been good at kind of doing life with others and having fun when things are going well, but your marriage is now struggling and you don't know how to navigate back to a healthy relationship. Work at understanding your strengths and your weaknesses what you have to offer, but what are your limitations? Run with your strengths. Draw others in for your weaknesses. But to be able to do that, you need to do it from a secure foundation. You need to develop this secure foundation in your life on which you stand. People who are insecure don't ask for help, don't admit their limitations. Get nervous about someone else interfering or intervening in their life, even if it is a good thing. You need a foundation in your life that doesn't change when circumstances change. And there's only one such foundation that I know of, and that's Jesus. Jesus is not called the rock of our salvation for no reason. He is called our fortress, our safe hiding place. He is the one who loves us unconditionally. He loves you unconditionally. No matter what you think about yourself or what anyone else says about you, Jesus always thinks the same, that you are his beloved. He's for you. He's got your back. He will always uh, go and fight for you. And so if you're going to do life with teams, one of the key starting points is building a relationship with Jesus and building that secure foundation with him. And if you haven't already, then start today. Make a decision today. I'm going to start walking with Jesus in my life. And as you work with other people in your life, your attitude towards them is key. 
There can be people in your life. People may offer, people you may have invited, but if you have the wrong attitude towards them, things aren't going to click and you're not going to be able to work together towards a common and good goal. Your attitude towards them is key. You need to be humble. Humble in yourself, but humble before them, acknowledging your need to them and your limits. And therefore, that they have something of value that you need. Have a we, not me mindset. We will get there, not I will get there. Put your ego, you know, behind the door as you step into life. Be appreciative of others. Value and acknowledge them to their face before others. Value their input. Say thank you to people. Allow them to play their part. You know, I guess many of us may not appreciate going to the dentist, especially if if there's a drill involved. I don't know about you, as much as I sit there and try and relax when the drill starts up, something tenses in me. But how about instead of sitting there fearful, as you're sitting there and the drill starts up, you say, a little thank you prayer. Thank you, God, for this person you have given me and those who have developed the equipment that can ensure I can have healthy teeth. And then if your mouth isn't drooling out one side with the numbing anaesthetic, you say thank you to the dentist. Just don't spit in his face or hers. Chuck Swindle put it wonderfully, a Christian writer from the States, he said, you need someone and someone needs you. To make this thing called life work, we've got to lean and support. We've got to relate to others but also respond. We need to give but at times take. We need to confess but also forgive. We need to reach out but also embrace. And when you engage with others in this team of life and you do it with the right attitude, not only will wonderful things happen, you will develop some great friendships. You know, we have a wonderful rapport with our GP. We can sit down and have a yarn about things when I go there. Sometimes we yarn more about that than what's wrong with me. You build wonderful friendships along the way and together you can enjoy the journey. And you need to play your part. Sometimes it's very easy when you've got good people in your life and around you to bludge on what they do and not play your part. You need to pull your weight. You know, we have a a great team in our kids' ministry, in our youth ministry at Hope Valley. We're so blessed. And they love being part of discipling your kids and encouraging them in faith, particularly for those of us who can get here on site. But you have a role in discipling your children as parents and grandparents, as aunties and uncles. You can't just leave it to that part of the team. And if you feel, hey, I don't feel kind of mature enough as a Christian myself to disciple my children, then upskill yourself so you can play your part. Right now we're in a worldwide pandemic. Those of us who are here on site are wearing masks. 
apart from me at the moment. We have people in leadership, in government and, and health officials who are playing their part to the best of their ability and we know that they'll make mistakes along the way but to keep us safe and help us get through this to an even better place eventually and we need as part of that team to play our part, obey the directions, get tested when we need to. Encourage others likewise. Get vaccinated for our sake, but for the sake of the whole. And as we operate in this team of life, watch each other's back. I know a few teachers, and some of those have been in the game now for many years, and they lament a little bit at times because they'll say something like this, I feel like the parents and I are now on opposing teams. It didn't used to be like that. Now, I've stood up for my kids a few times over the years in their education, but mostly I've had the teachers back. And I know no teacher's perfect, no school is perfect, but I know the teachers generally are doing the best for the sake of my kids. And when my kids grumble about a teacher, I don't take their side. If there's a discipline issue, then I support the teacher and the school. And lastly, we have given to us or made available to us the best team, and that's the church. As imperfect as the church is as a bunch of people, it is God's gift to us to do life with. The local church is the hope of the world. The local church is your hope of being able to do life well and fruitfully. Now, if you're someone who's watching and you're nearby the Hope Valley site, then get connected in further and come and join us on site. Get to know us and us get to know you. If you're someone who's watching from further away, then let us know who you are via the website, the app, via our online host this morning so that we can connect with you and connect you in in some way. And it may even be that God might be saying, hey, you can be the seed of a little microchurch where you live and help others form a little God team together to watch church online together, to study the Bible together, to start doing life together. Let us know if your heart is stirred that way. We are always better together with Jesus and each other. It's the way God created us to be. Let's pray. Wonderful God, thank you that you never intended for us to be alone, that you give yourself to us to walk with us. But, Lord, you have also placed other people in the world for our sake. Some we already know, others we are maybe yet to meet. Lord, Help us to become secure in a relationship with you so that we are secure to engage others in our life. Lord, help us to grow in our understanding of our strengths and our limitations, to know where we need others, but also, Lord, where we have something to offer others on their team.
And Lord, help us as we do life to notice those who are doing life alone, whether by circumstance or choice, and to be able to reach out to them and and encourage them that they don't have to do life alone, that there is a God who loves them and is for them and there are other people there for them as well. Lord, help us make those interconnections and live the interdependent lives you created us to live. Amen.